Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Porter Gals presents Terrifying Tales. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're... The Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> this is from the book, Ghost Stories of Texas, by Joanne Christensen, published by Lone Pine Publishing. You can find them at LonePinePublishing.com or at GhostBooks.net. The Ghost of Witch Canyon. No part of West Texas is as spectacular or as mysterious as the Big Bend. Christopher Doe used these words in the opening paragraph of an article he wrote for the January 1985 issue of Fate magazine. As he told his story, he clearly illustrated both points. The land defined by the large bend of the Rio Grande is spectacular, it's rugged, untamed beauty comes clearly to mind with those vivid prose. And this wild area most certainly does have an airy mystery, one that became hauntingly evident to Doe and his friend Charles Roberts during a hiking trip they took in the spring of 1978. The two had made trips through Big Bend National Park before, but this time had chosen to concentrate on a new and unfamiliar territory. This trip, wrote Doe, we decided to attempt to get on the top of Mesa de Aguilla, through which the Rio Grande cuts Santa Ellen Canyon. Then we wanted to hike back along the Mesa to the river and look down on it from the canyon rim. With their ambitions route in mind and four days worth of water and supplies on their backs, Dow and Robert set out on their adventure. On the first day of trekking across the challenging terrain, the friends encountered a hostile wild boar, an enormous cloud of wasps. Still, the most fascinating and foursome sight would not have been seen until after sundown when Dow and Robert had set up camp for the night. A great full moon had risen, and it illuminated the magical desert world. When the two men had finished their meal, they settled down on sleeping bags to stretch their tired muscles and surveyed the beautiful scenery and peace and comfort. They were relaxed, enjoying a good conversation, when Christopher Dell became distracted by some movement in the periphery of his vision. He glanced over his left shoulder, expecting to see a tall blade of grass moving in the breeze. He saw nothing. Dow turned his attention back to his friend, who was still talking. As he did so, he noticed it again. There was something moving over to his left. He turned to look one more time, and again saw nothing but the desert, punctuated by a single scrubby bush. Annoyingly, however, as soon as Dow turned to face Roberts, he could see movement out of the corner of his eyes. Determined to solve the puzzle, he tried a different technique, which described in fate. I turned my head 
slowly, watching straight ahead, but paying attention to what my peripheral vision brought to me. As my head turned, I was astounded to see a man standing where I had seen the movements. I turned sharply in that direction, but only the scrubby-looking brush was visible. For several minutes, I experimented, discovering that if I looked directly at the man, he looked like a bush. But if I watched using my peripheral vision, I could see him quite clearly. Dow described the man as being short and thick-set, with dark features but white hair. He was dressed in the style of a Mexican peasant, and a sombrero hanging around his back. More compelling than the man's appearance, however, was his presence. Dow could feel that he radiated a great power. This sensation of strength was frightening, but Dow somehow felt certain that he and his companion were in no danger. After about half an hour, Dow felt the presence vanish. As he carefully looked to his left, he could see that the phantom was no longer there watching them. Christopher Dow said nothing to his friend, and soon after, the two travelers grew tired enough to fall asleep under the brilliant and vast desert sky. The next morning, without really talking about it, Dow and Roberts decided to abandon the tough trick and hike back to the little ghost town, Tarugla Abba, where they had left their car. As they put their heavy backpacks into the vehicle, Roberts casually asked Doe if he had seen anyone the day before. Dow told him about the mysterious Mexican specter. After hearing his friend's story, Roberts confessed he, too, had noticed someone watching their camp. He said that while he had been unable to look at the man directly, he had a fair description of him. Not surprisingly, it matched Doe's exactly. The only difference in their stories was that Roberts had also caught passing glimpses of the man during the afternoon as they had approached the canyon in which they had camped. The two men traveled back to Houston. Dow later wrote, It may have been my imagination, but the entire way, I felt we were being pursued. They stopped only for gas on the 14-hour drive home. Dow and Roberts arrived home with only their memories of the trip for not one photograph taken in the canon turned out. Other photos on the same roll of film came out perfectly. Two years later, Christopher Dow, Charles Roberts, and a third friend, Michael Reyes, traveled back to the strange site. They witnessed nothing supernatural on the trip, but did make an interesting discovery. Mike asked a ranger if the place had been named. Doe wrote, he said it was called Bruja Canon. Bruja, he concluded, is Spanish for witch. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or on YouTube at The Portrait Gals or on Instagram at The underscore Portrait Gals. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast or at RogueMediaNetwork.com. You've been listening to The Poltergals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.